everybody. I'm Tali. I'm Carla, and we're back with another episode of Popping the Bubble. What's up, Tali? I'm excited for this one. I'm, I'm good. Um, if y'all can't see, I'm all packed, ready to go home by the time this episode drops. Yeah, I'm right behind you. Well, yeah, I'm right behind. I mean, we'll already be home or on the road yeah. trip by the time this comes out. But it's it's we're literally in the final stretch of freshman year, so so much time. I'm excited. Yeah, final I'm ready to get we're we're done. Well, Tolly's done. Speak for yourself, homegirl. Because I was helping you with your finals and not doing mine, so. <laughs> and I'm forever grateful. Yeah, and then look what look what that yeah. left me. Three hours of sleep, still not done. Anyways, that, now's not the time. We're done with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we have a very exciting episode planned today. Um, we're having a, a guest. We haven't had one in a while. Oh. I mean, so this is going to be an interesting one. And we're actually really excited. This is a topic of conversation that has been um, in our orbit for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but we were like, are we really the most qualified to speak on it? Mm, nah. <laughs> so we decided to get somebody who probably is a lot more qualified than us. Um, Tali, do you have anything you want to say before I go ahead and introduce our guest? Absolutely not. I'm excited for this episode. It's gonna be good. All right. Well, I without love, I love guess. <laughs> no, and this one, this is. I just know this one's gonna be good. I, I woke up with a feeling today. I had like the you know the spidey senses, but it's like the popping the bubble senses, and it's like the the, the, today. the bubble the bubble senses. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. I just start I just start hearing stuff in my you know it's it's the whole thing. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> you get it. You get you get me. You get me. I, I got you. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Let's stop rambling. Um. So. Our guest today is somebody who we've known for quite a few years now. Um, we went to high school together because a lot of our connections come from St. George's. <laughs> but, for now. Um, <laughs> she's a friend of ours, and um, we've seen her kind of go on this journey. We've um, seen her celebrate. We celebrated with her, her accomplishments and her successes, and um, we're excited to have her on here to speak about her experiences firsthand about what it's like to be a black woman playing collegiate division one basketball um so without further ado everybody hailing from originally fall river massachusetts which is not too far from where i live please welcome nicole parks hey Hey, nicole what's up how are you doing today nothing much you know finals week finishing up like yes so you're yeah you're in the same boat as us yeah. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. But we are very excited to have you on this podcast. Um, I just love having guests. Like, oh, <laughs> talk, talk, no, talk it. All right. So, Nicole, before we get into it, please introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us a little bit about you. Where do you go to school right now? Um, pronouns, all that stuff. Okay. Well, obviously, my name is Nicole. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, hers. I'm currently a student at Colgate University. Um, what else? Uh, fun fact: I'm a twin, but y'all, y'all already knew that. Um, yes. Shout out Cheryl. Um, hey girl. Shout out, shout yeah. out Cheryl. Hi Cheryl. We see you. We know you're here. Love you, girl. Miss you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I am an athlete. I play basketball. Um, when I'm not playing basketball, no, I'm a little musical. I was part of the band at St. George's. Um, I'll make a little music on my own. Um, and that's Whoa, pretty much since when, it. since when do you make music? Hold on. Well, I'm not like, I'm not like a this. kid. Well, yeah, I'm not like a kid, <laughs> but yeah. Girl, me either. But I had a, I went through a producer phase back in the day. Oh my God. Please don't get her started. Please, <laughs> please. It was a fun um, time. The, Nicole, how are you not going to mention our epic season together? Like the one time. We played sports. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Together. That was this actually. Is, this, this is Dynamite Nick right here. There is, <laughs> this is Dynamite Nick, star player volleyball, first first season of St. George's girls volleyball Bro. right here. Like, it does not get better than this. That was, no. a, that was a great season. Nobody can beat Nicole, that team. 
I'm gonna I'm like, gonna have to pick your brain on this matter another time because you saw firsthand every single day Tali as a student athlete, and I would I would love to get I was your. A great student athlete. I, I, I'm not saying you weren't. I'm just saying I would love to get your get your take on how the, that whole situation went because mm-hmm. I didn't see her that entire fall because she was too busy being a a school prefect and a student athlete and and we were beefing low key. Oh my god. <laughs> In your fall, we were beefing low key. So I didn't, I didn't see her. So I'm gonna have to get, I'm gonna have to get filled in with you. Um, no, all jokes, but um, yeah. So let's let's get into this episode. Let's get into the reason why you're here. Um, yeah. Let's just kick it off. How how did you get to where you are right now? How did you get here? Um, was playing basketball always a plan for you? And how long have you been working towards this, like getting into this moment? Um. Well, yeah. So. I've been playing basketball for like since I was in preschool pretty much made my first basket um I wasn't playing on an organ like an organized team until I want to say third grade um and I was playing up on a fourth grade team and when I first started playing on an organized team my mom was like you can go to school for you know sports and I was like then I want to go division one for basketball um at like eight years old so manifestation or no period yeah (laughs) but um I don't know I just you know took it serious but also like still was enjoying it um and then eventually when I was on travel teams I wasn't I guess getting the right exposure so then I went and ventured out and found um our top AU program in the area um and she took me on had me as like a scholarship kid so she knew I was going to be able to like get into a college and I didn't have to worry about any you know finances like to be on the team and play um and yeah she got me to where I am now so 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 it sounds like this has been you've been journeying since preschool (laughs) pretty much pretty much much, yeah (laughs) yeah it's real it's that's how that's how it goes yeah Okay, well, before we start into the whole basketball thing, tell us about you outside of basketball. Like, we already know that you do music. Um, are you, are you, do you have a major? Or are you, what, what's it called? Are you, are you putting the student in student athlete? <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, are you sure. putting the student in student athlete? <laughs> for sure. For yeah, sure, yeah for I'm sure. definitely serving, I'm serving academics, yeah. Um, but, oh, yeah, they <laughs> <Sorry>. really... <laughs> We really harped on like, you know, putting academics first. So um, especially like it stemmed from not even like the coaches, but just family wise, like personally, my mom was like, you know, read books, want to learn new things, want to inform people about it. So um, definitely I take school serious, Um, even if challenges like courses are challenging. So, um, but yeah, I definitely do put the student in student athlete <laughs> do you do you have a major right now do you have you already uh declared your major um i was definitely thinking about comp sci or computer science for those that don't know what comp sci is okay for. okay um, cs <laughs> but i don't know i think um i think my experience at colgate kind of deferred me to want to minor in comp sci and major in like business or accounting um because it still involves coding but just financially so you make more bread you make more bread chase the check after college chase the check (laughs) yes capitalism at its finest chase chase the bag (laughs) chase the bag (laughs) chase the bag as you should well we like that we like that yeah i mean that's i i know a lot of people who are cs is a really like popular major here at Brown so I know a lot of people who are on that boat and (laughs) I can't get on it because it's not for me (laughs) but I commend everybody who does I I truly commend everybody who does because I've seen people just like coding nonstop, and I I honestly could never I really couldn't so props to you um yeah but I mean like have you taken you've taken CS classes already right no because um my coach was like we don't want you to have a like a hard first year here so all the classes I wanted to take towards my major 
was eventually I was switched out of. So, yeah, kind of hmm. a little behind. We're, we're going to get into that, aren't we? <laughs> Interesting. So, before we get into that, although I want to ask, though, how was the transition from playing at high school and AAU levels to playing at a D1 level? Like, was it, has it been, like, difficult to be a student athlete and to kind of balance your personal life with your academics? I mean, yeah, because we would wake up, like, for example, preseason, um, we wake up at like 5 a.m. before the sun rises to get to the weight room um, or even go condition. Um, and then we had to start our day. I would have class at 920 in the first semester, and that's when preseason was. Um, and, you know, I would just be dead, like dead tired because then after that, we would have practice putting in like new plays and stuff. And by the time we're done with workouts, it'll be like time for like bed. So it'd be like eight, nine ish, but then I'd have to finish my work because I didn't have any time in between to do work. Um, so, and especially like going to like, not just, you know, college in general, but going to a school like Colgate where they just make everything, like every subject tougher than other schools is really just tough kind of trying to balance it. If you're not like obsessed with going back and forth from workouts to work, like if you want to have a social life, so you're not constantly isolating your room. So. Do you think, well, SG, though, St. George's is very much like prep you for that college experience. Do you think it did that? Because I, I, I know for me, like academic wise, SG got it. I'm yeah. set. Like, yeah. I set. But do you think, I guess our sports weren't as much like be at the gym at 5 a.m. because we weren't allowed outside of our rooms at 5 a.m. So do you think it prepared you for that or no? Um, Definitely because we had six days of school and we would have work assigned to us on the sixth day. Um. And I tell people that and they're just like, what? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it definitely prepared me with the workload. Um, even though they were trying to be lenient because they were like, we can't assign you two hours a night, but it was still like tough, you know? Was that, so this was back in high school, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was um, like, I was in two AP classes and then I was taking Spanish three. And you know, Senora Golding, love her. But um, hey, that was Spanish work. That Spanish work took a lot of time. Yeah. Too. So do you? Would you say that the level of of like care and attention and effort and time that it takes to be both a student and an athlete is kind of this? You're experiencing it at the same levels right now because of that experience, or is it different? Um. I guess it's different because they're so opened about um, us caring for our mental health as much as we do like physical health. So like if we're struggling with a lot of schoolwork, they'll try to be, they'll try to offer resources. Um, like how we have a team counselor that we can go talk to or how oh, wow. we offer team devotionals before games. Um, or we can like set up meetings with our chaplain that does our that leads our team devotionals um so that we can feel like we can dump all of our like baggage on him um but yeah that's actually really cool yeah. like that you guys have a like sports psychologist team psychologist yeah that's awesome yeah let let, let me know if she needs an intern or anything shoot they they wouldn't they wouldn't mind yeah yeah welcome but um yeah okay so uh basketball wise how has your experience been like like are you happy i don't i don't like have you been playing i don't really know the like do you get to walk in your first year and just be like I, yeah we really know nothing about how it works yeah, we don't know. What no, yeah. About. So like, we freshmen come in, um, in the summer we come in, 
and they know like you probably will have to be accustomed to learning how to lift, how to condition the right way without hurting ourselves or to prevent injury because injuries are inevitable. Um, but so they teach us all of that. And I guess it's just up to us to like show what we're capable of, um, like show what we have to offer to the team um, throughout practices and in, in the summer and preseason um, because like our coach can go, our coach never quote unquote has seen us play at the college level, but has seen us in AAU. And I guess AAU is different from college, depending on what level you do play at. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of like everybody has to earn their playing time, including the veterans, um, which was pretty clear this year. Um, with us having a freshman in the starting lineup almost every game, except for one when they had to sit out, but um yeah it's just kind of it's, it's very like it's very hard I guess being a freshman because you have jitters and you feel like a burden like you have to produce right away like you can't struggle and grapple with the new environment you have to like produce for the coach like you have to meet their expectations and they set them real high for you yeah so, yeah. yeah you gotta I mean you gotta show them why you're here yeah. 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 And I also like imagine that it's it was most definitely difficult for you because just knowing you personally, you had you were a day student at St. George's. So you weren't accustomed to like the boarding school, like living somewhere. So you're adjusting to a new environment. Not only are you adjusting to a new environment, but I imagine it was probably difficult not having your twin sister Cheryl there because you guys have literally been together through schooling. Like like y'all were sure, always together. Sure. And you're adjusting to college. It's it's like a lot of things. I, I don't like I couldn't like I'm putting it into perspective now how difficult it must have been for you as a new student athlete, incoming freshman and like having to deal with all of these transitions in your life all at the same time. Yeah, for sure. Because it's like the way I, I guess, adapt to new environments is finding at least one person I know and then branching off from them because I'll have comfortability with somebody that already knows me. I've already interacted with and you know had a nice interaction with um and not having my twin there because she's that person it was definitely um, a little challenging but um yeah because y'all y'all are like yeah, a dynamic duo <laughs> oh yeah for sure yeah we just you know it's <laughs> the world against us I guess but. so I guess I'll probably reiterate what one of the questions that Tali asked are you are you happy with where you're at at Colgate I mean in this it's moment hard to say because like you like you can have a good experience but like not necessarily think it's the place for you and I think that kind of applied to me um like I've made so many like great friends and met so many great people um and I don't know I just decided like Colgate it just wasn't the best fit um like it was a very different experience from going to a predominantly white middle school or a predominantly white high school. Like the experience was completely different than those two experiences. Um, and I just didn't think I could adapt in so many words. So what I'm hearing is we will not be coming back to COVID. Because me and Carla, you know, obviously, <laughs> when we have guests, we mm -hmm. have to do a little digging. You know, we got to do our research. We can't right. just come into the podcast and, and be blindsided. And we're not going to go and easy we on looking, you either. Exactly. And we were looking at <laughs> I don't the think roster. We and we were like, Nicole is not on this roster for next for season. the upcoming year. Next year. Yeah. So Colgate is losing their star player is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I'm I'm in the transfer portal. Um, I've been in the transfer portal as of last Tuesday. Um, I've been thinking about it um, since towards the end of the season. Um, but my mom was like, you know, think it out, talk to the coach. And yeah, mm -hmm. it just wasn't. Yeah, I just decided last minute to throw my name in the portal. 
Damn. Okay, wait. So can can we can we table that? Can we can we table yeah, that and come sure. back to that later? Okay, because that's a lot that we're taking in. Okay. <laughs> See, this is why this is why we do our research and our digging. We're like, yeah, Nicole, are you not telling us something? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but <laughs> I guess our our kind of next question would be, um, where? And now we're getting into the the nitty gritty, the niche of it all is where has your intersectional identity as a, a black woman and also as being a student athlete come into play like throughout your experience at Colgate or even like just your entire career as a student athlete playing basketball? Um, do you do you feel like your experience has been any different from like other people in your sphere or in your basketball sphere um, because you are a black woman? For sure. Um... It was evident this year um, during the season that some people just, you know, had different standards or expectations than other people. Um, as a term my coach would like to use, some people's leashes were longer than the others. Um, and I chopped it up as favoritism, even though that's a, a word that my coach probably wouldn't use. She would just be like, they earned it or whatever. But I honestly thought felt not thought, but felt it was favoritism. Um, and even though my coach is also a person of color, it just did not seem like we could, you know, sync up, I guess. Like, I don't think we could establish a stronger um, foundation for a relationship. Um, and it's kind of sad to say because during the recruiting process, that's different, especially since I was like, I want to look for a coach that yeah. looks like me. Mm -hmm. um, and then you're just uh, experiencing something different than what you were told. So, um, but yeah, and being a black person on a team where there's only three other black people on the team was uh, very hard because it was like, how can I talk about certain things that bother me when you have to code switch um, and you can't say anything out of pocket or say anything that they'll be like, oh, my feelings are hurt. Um, or you're being disrespectful if you're talking a certain way or you say something that you know really is like, I can say it, it's freedom of speech, it's not, you know, targeting you or your identity um well because i can imagine like having try like trying to fit in and then also when the people who you're trying to fit in with just like they're not aligning with mm -hmm. like your you know like your way of being socially i don't know if that makes sense but like if they don't align yeah. with you per like personality wise or like belief wise or for a lot of times like experiences and identity can be a barrier for people to get along because if simply your experiences aren't aligning with mine then you might not be able to see things my way and vice versa so i can imagine like that's that's hard to like have to come it, into that yeah, and it definitely we gonna, was yeah we were going to ask you about the diversity of your team anyway so it's interesting yeah. to hear i mean I, I saw the picture of your team like i could tell there's only three Wait, you said are you <laughs> yeah were you were you one of three or were there four of you were the three other there's four of us. Um, okay, so there were four of you. Yeah, and then next year they're gonna bring in three more people of color, um, which was like a positive. That was one thing I was trying to hold on to, but I just don't think it was enough for me to be like, yeah, this is a place for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, cause I don't know. I just hope that they have a better experience than I did. Um, you know, like, Obviously, we tried, like, for people of color who are also student athletes, we had a place, kind of like a safe haven, called um, Raiders of Color Connect or Rock. Um, but it got shut down because of COVID. And my teammate was trying to bring it back, and I was trying to help her bring it back. But how can you when you're trying to, you know, market or share that there are events going on that rock is throwing and 
half of the people of color when there's only like 10 of us out of the entirety of the athletics community don't even know that rock exists like i met a track player that were friends and i was telling him how they have um an affinity group for student athletes of color and he was like i never knew about this and he just found out about it in the month of may towards the end of his freshman year oh yeah that i was gonna how big is colgate colgate is I guess relatively a small school. I'm not sure um, the number of people, um, you know, that attend Colgate, but it is really small. Like the campus, it seems pretty large, but their student body is relatively small. But would you still say that like the, the diversity at Colgate in general is still disproportionate to the student body? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> like most schools. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. You're you're always welcome to come to an HBCU. Shoot. Nash Palmer, we don't we don't got sports. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't come here. Not so you I'm just because because she wants to play basketball and I'm just I'm just letting her know she's not gonna play it here. It's not <laughs> where bruh. No, but okay, wait, yeah. but I do want to go back to something. Uh, the your coach, the whole coaching thing, and the yeah. recruiting, the recruiting process, that feels like an important, uh, an important like element and component of the entire situation. That it, it what I'm hearing is that you were in particular looking for a team in a school where your coach was a person of color, and. Is, are you saying that that was something in the recruitment process that was like a, a foundational thing for you? And is that kind of what drew you towards Colgate versus other schools? Yeah. Um, yeah, like I know like in the, my recruiting process, there was another school that did have a person of color um, as a coach. Um, but I guess it just came down to experience and how hard she was recruiting me. And it just felt like, you know, this was the place. Um, and then obviously it wasn't just um, coaches that were people of color. It was also personality, how well we clicked. Because um, you don't, you like, you can't have too high standards if you know who's like talking to you. Um, but you also do have to think about long-term. And I thought long-term Colgate would be the place. Um, but I just didn't consider um, I guess the demographics of the team in which how that would affect her personality towards people of color. Do you feel like uh, moving forward, the diversity aspect of it all, like within the coaching staff? Because I mean, it, it sounds like there's like two kind of pieces of it. The first piece is that you would like to be in a team that is more diverse, but is the like identity race of, or gender of your coach going to be another element to consider too? Or is like, do you, are you still going to care about that? Or are you learning that maybe like not every, not every black person is going to be your friend type of situation? Yeah. I think I'm learning that not every black person is going to be my friend. So, um, but I wouldn't prefer to have a female coach, I guess. So like broadening the standards a little bit probably would help. Um, and lucky for me, it, it has been mostly female coaches female head coaches talking to me. Um, and then obviously, luckily, there are two people of color that's just seem more genuine as people of color. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I want to switch up the combo a little. Uh, we talked about this when we were planning the podcast, but um, I wanted to talk about LSU versus Iowa. And the big Angel Reese, which, mind you, I'm a big fan. I don't, I just, oh, yeah, same I'm a here, big same fan here. now. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, but um, for those of you who don't know, LSU and Iowa went, um, competed for the Women's Basketball Championship. And during the game, Angel Reese did the, what is it, the John Cena, you can't see mm -hmm. me, like, yep. ring me. And I remember because I was watching the game and I was also on Twitter, and all I saw was classless, ghetto. And I was like, who are they talking about? They're not talking about the black woman. 
And then, so further research for those of you who don't know, basically Angel Reese was called out, like the whole attention away from LSU winning from the spectacular game that it was, was taken away because of something that she did. But what's crazy is Kaylin Clark did it as well. She's been doing it all season. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to hear your opinion because obviously me and Carla, we don't, we don't do the whole basketball, sports, athletic. Uh, uh, speak for yourself. Carla, Carla, <laughs> Carla, let it go. Maybe not basketball. It... Maybe not basketball. No, but that's my softball like... over there. All right. Right. I wanted to talk about, because, you know, we're three black women, and, I, and obviously, you know, we've all had some sort of sports experience, but mostly you, and I know basketball. <laughs> Very much. Be quiet, Carla. Sorry, I'm let just me have my. <laughs> let me have my piece. Go ahead. You know, basketball not, is very that's, heavy. That's not what I'm laughing about, by the way. But go ahead. Sure. Yeah, sure. I'm laughing about my basketball, softball experience, but go ahead. Sure. You know, basketball is very heavily like trash talking. You know, get up on your face. You know, fouls are literally you being shoved. Like it's literally. It's just a contact sport. Aggressive. It's a it's contact, a contact yeah. sport. So we just wanted to hear your opinion about it, but also back to the intersectionality of it all, you know, being a black woman in sports and how you think the media, the world just perceives Angel Reese and literally any other athlete who's black woman athlete who showcased anger or emotions, really. Yeah, I don't know, because every single time we showcase an emotion, it always has to be either angry or like fighting mad. Um, but I just thought it was like a great, like example of like politics to exist in sports, um, no matter what level you're at, no matter how famous you are, um, like it just still exists. Um, and that's a great like example of double standards for different races, no matter what the case is. Um, cause I remember I would be like, talking to my teammates about it and they were like she shouldn't have done that like she was on her face and I'm like but you guys didn't see the clip of her doing it to Haley Van Lit right. when they played Lou- right. Louisville like this is the same the thing week before yeah yeah and trash talking trash talking like yeah. right <laughs> why are you guys saying that and I'm like not them saying it to a person of color on the team right? I don't know like hmm. but no I honestly I was like Angel Reese did her thing. She she talked trash. She talked the talk and she walked the walk. Like she won fair exactly. game. Ring her. Um, ring, ring her. <laughs> yes, literally ring her. <laughs> and, you know, people were like, well, like, I guess because Killen Clark is also like very known, well known. Um, like people are like, she's the best player ever in college history. And it's like, okay but did she win like she like she tried to carry her team and it's clear that winning a championship is not a one-man job i mean obviously michael jordan did it but that's a different story um like i don't know i just feel like injuries freedom of speech obviously you can't be like she can't do that that's very disrespectful because then you have to be like if caitlin clark did it that makes her disrespectful too um and I just thought it was very entertaining just following, like, the entire news feed. People being yeah. like, you're childish, this, this, and that. Like, that's ghetto. Have some decorum. And it's like, go and say that under Caitlin Clark's account, too, for me. Yeah. Please. It also, it also, I think this is when I was, like, what you said about it being politics when uh, Dr. Is, is Jill, when Dr. Jill Biden was like, let's invite both teams to the White House. And I was yeah. like, girl, be so f- for real right now. I was <laughs> right, like, when do losers come to the White House? Since when? when? Right. Since when? Right. You know, and, and it, it really, I don't remember who I was talking about it, but it really showcases you, specifically white women, like the ignorance and the in the the intersectionality that they, like, they don't even realize that they have over black women and the power that they have. Like, for you as a white woman, to sit here and be like, let's invite both teams. Like you right. are literally adding to the racism, to to the, 
you know what I'm saying? Like to the problem. Yeah, the atmosphere, like putting the fire. Yeah, the atmosphere that you're literally putting fire on fire. And I saw that and I was like, now nah, girl, where is your PR team? Because no way you should have said that. No way that should have came out of your mouth. But it like, but because it did, it literally shows you like it literally that whole week under it took away from them winning the championship. It took away from the coach. It took away from like this all black not all black but you know mostly black team mm-hmm. and it was just like i was just like once again black women being undermined black women not having the recognition and the celebration that they deserve like it was right. an amazing game and they literally took one thing out of it and blew it up for weeks right but, yeah and it was i feel like oh, it yeah. was it was it was largely overlooked because the way that I see it was that the act, the act, the controversial act of mm-hmm. her being like, you can't see me was not political. It wasn't political. Yeah. It was simply just sports taunting. But the response, right. but the response and the root of the issue that kind of garnered and facilitated that response is political. And the root of that is the double standard that exists. And one thing is that I, I commend is that Angel Reese, like she, she's not one to falter, to backtrack. I mean, she she was receiving all of this, all the scrutiny from like all sides, people within sports media, people outside of sports media, people like who literally, like I, 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 I can't speak too much on like the being in with the basketball, like collegiate basketball, because I don't really follow it, but so I feel like I wouldn't be able to have the best I'm not the best person to have a response right like why why would my like response to that matter but people were coming at her from all sides like everywhere you have like these famous and popular mostly watched um like sports newscasters who are who are scrutinizing her using their platform to scrutinize her and then you have the black ones who are like coming in to defend her and there was just so much like polarization but I commend her because she never once like she never faltered she stayed true to who she is that's something she's always done she has stayed true to who she is and she has stuck to her word and that's something that I truly commend her for because people are calling her ghetto people calling her this people calling her that but whatever like at the end of the day she's like this is me this is who I am I'm not gonna change like I'm gonna I'm gonna do this as me and that's something that I really commend but Nicole I wanted to ask you because um you are somebody who's inside of the community. We are not. So we don't really yeah, we, don't. We, we don't really know like the happenings within the community, but we I get our news from Twitter. Right. We 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 do get our news from Twitter. But um I wanted to ask you as somebody who's like inside the community of like collegiate women's basketball, you kind of spoke to this a little bit, but like what what do you feel has been the overall response and reaction of people within that community? And like, yeah. Well, it's obviously like split up too. Um, like even people of color that aren't injuries fans, like not injuries fans in the way where they're like, oh, I love her or like, um, you know, idolize her. But like, they're like, she did, like, she's doing what a normal basketball player would do. Even like if it was in pickup, you're going to talk trash. Um, right. And then you have the white players or, yeah, the Caucasian American players being like, she shouldn't have done it. She That's shouldn't have. Like the Caucasian. They literally was like, I don't think she should have done that. And I'm like, as I said earlier, while Angel Reese didn't do it unprovoked, like she didn't just take it out of the blue and start taunting her. Like Caitlin Clark did it to someone else who was also white that knew it was trash talking and didn't spark the debate about that one. Um, or that instance. So, Kaelin Clark shouldn't have done it if Angel Reese shouldn't have done it. Um, but then, like, it also goes back to, um, like, we never, like, our team never talked about it with the coaches. Um, like, the only thing we talked about uh, about that game was why did LSU win? Like, what do they do? Or what do they execute? Like um, strategic wise, yeah, they never talked about mm-hmm. what do you, how do you guys feel about the Angel Reese mm-hmm. um, debate, um, which is very interesting because like part of the sport is trash talking. Like you're not gonna be like, let's just run up and down the floor and not exchange words. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, Good job, other team. You're doing great. Killing it. Like, no, Love that all have, We I've witnessed throughout this entire season how the coaches, well, specifically our head coach has personal, like, a personal head and agenda for each team. And we'll jump in with the players with, like, you know, banter about each team whenever we're doing scouts or scouting, yeah. looking over the scouting report. Um, and then for her to be like, let's not trash talk during the game. Like, that's part of the game. If we get teched up, that's the chance we're willing to take. That, that's what makes the game fun. Um, but, yeah, like, it's just very weird because they're like, yeah, like, we can we, – like, we love trash talking. That's part of the game. But then it's like, you don't want us trash talking. And people are like, that's uncalled for. And she shouldn't, and, and it just goes back to she shouldn't have done that. Like, it just depends on where people are coming from. Because um, personally, I would trash talk. And I'm like all for Angelou's trash talking. Um, but my teammates, on the other hand, them being white, they're just like, I want to just play. But then they can like drop Snyder remarks and be like, it's just be, me being competitive. And I'm like, I'm doing the same thing. And she was doing the same thing. Um. Yeah, that's all I had about that. Yeah, me I too. Mean, it's interesting yeah, to hear that. It. It's interesting yeah, it to hear that. I was but... wondering what the response was from within the community. Yeah, because even and I think, I think one of the biggest issues with me too is even after all that they still found a way to put Angel against Caitlyn. And Caitlyn did an interview and was like, y'all not gonna put me in this mess. She was yeah, like, um, <laughs> I did see that. She was, like, she was like, I did the same thing. So she's cool. They're cool. Like, and it really was no beef between the girls. Like, it, like it, when I watched it, I was like, oh, I love this. Get riled up. I was like, put that finger up. Like, you about to win. Like, it literally seemed like sports. Like, that's what we do. We, we, we talk trash about our... Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, yeah, but so we want to spend. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, let's circle it back to you now. Um, so you mentioned you're in the transfer portal. So are you? Are what does that mean? Are you not going back to Colgate next year? Are you? What's 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 with that? Yeah. Are you kind of living? Are you living? Are you living in purgatory right now? Pretty much, because um, it's like you have to wait to see what other schools are interested in you. Um, and I definitely don't think Colgate's an option for me anymore. Um, so, yeah, so we're if, just sitting and waiting patiently. So if, and not putting this out there as if it's going to happen because, you know, sending all good vibes, whatever. But um, if the transfer, I have no idea how the transfer portal works. Like, once again, we are oblivious to this. But um, if that doesn't work out, what what is the next step like um, into your further career? Like, are you going to take a gap year? Are you? What is the next step in your student athlete? Or do you know what the next journey? step is? I mean, you could yeah. you don't know. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I've definitely vis like obviously I got a plan for everything. Um, but like, should that happen? That. Um, definitely just transfer, probably to a school closer to home, and try to walk on. Um, because like, I do have the talent. I do want to play ball, and even if that means walking on and trying to earn a scholarship is the plan, then that's just the plan. Damn. So you don't know. You don't know how long you could be waiting in the transfer portal, though. Yeah, because it could be. I just wait and see if there's any better schools or the schools I kind of want to reach out to me. Reach out to me. Um, I also, I'm not doing this by myself. So I have my AAU coach also reaching out to schools, seeing what they need. Um, and yeah, it's just a waiting game pretty much until like an offer clicks with me or like fits what I want. It's, that's good that you have like a support system. I mean, obviously like, you know, and I applaud you very much. I think I've been saying this a lot especially because we just all went through our first year. But, um, you know, if the school's not right for you, it's not right for you. And no matter what the reason is, the moment you realize that, like, 
I am very much for going somewhere else. I'm very much for, you know, packing my bags and go. The school does not owe you anything. Like, you could get your degree. Yeah, follow your gut. The degree is going to get a degree from anywhere, you know. Right. And, a degree is a degree. You know, and I think it really just for your mental, for your physical, like, for the betterment of yourself and your life, like, I applaud you for that because a lot of people, they stick it out. And I think, you know, you at this part of your life being like, yeah, this this is not working out for me. I very much applaud you for that. Like, that takes, not gut, but, you know, it does take gut. And it, it also, like, it, it fills me with joy to hear you say, like, especially after hearing this experience you've had this year this past year and it like it fills me with immense joy to hear you say I know I have the talent I know I want to play ball and I'm gonna figure it out either way like that fills me with so much joy because like I know you have the talent too I was there when you got yeah, your we, thousand points I was there seen you I, was, I was recording the video like I, I, I there's a shaky video of, on a camera somewhere of me like sitting on the ground like with a camera watching you get your like a thousand point and, like I went crazy yeah. And I was like, shit, I'm supposed to be, the I was like, shit, I was supposed to be recording this. Like, hold on. <laughs> but like, I, I know, I know you have a talent too. And like, I'm glad that you not only have the confidence and the support from the people around you, but you also have that within yourself. Cause I feel like that's, that's really important. And that's something that like, if people don't have that, it kind of breaks their spirit a little bit. So like, it's just good to see you, like you, you have a plan and like you, and like whatever happens, happens. Like you, I, I just have the utmost utmost confidence in you but um I wanted to ask though like are, are so are you planning to pursue your athletic career beyond college or like is it for you or do you want to coach maybe in the future or are you just like like then after college like, are we are we getting NBA tickets and WNBA tickets right see that's the plan um I really do want to play professionally um even if that means I have to start overseas first yeah um I was very much considering I don't know, playing overseas, which is technically not overseas, but unlike the FIBA team, which FIBA is the professional overseas like organization. Um, is that, so it's is like, that what Dwight Howard is playing right now? Yeah. Is that, is for that what he's doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but I, I wanted to see if I can like play in Mexico or you know, wherever, whoever will take me. Um, yeah. Don't go to Russia, though. That also, yeah. Yeah. I'm not real, though. Don't go to Russia. No, but you're right. Don't go over there. Stay. Oh, stay, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know. There's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have, we, I would we don't have, have to tell her. I think she knows. I think she knows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I think it also just depends on um, the connections and also laying out what I want to the coach, whoever, like the new coaching staff that I meet. Um, and also it's by Phil. So I have to experience whatever in life before I can like really make that decision when it comes to it senior year. Well, thank you for coming on our show. Right. Before you, you go, me. you have any advice to our listeners about anything, student athlete, life, college, Say Life. your piece. This is your this is your yeah. opportunity. If you want to throw shade, you could do that too as your final. We I mean <laughs> now you just fishing for well, tea, Dolly. Oh, yeah, let the I woman speak. My... Let the woman speak. Listen, <laughs> I have to. <laughs> if I throw I'm not gonna throw shade because you know, somehow they'll find out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like mm-hmm. yeah. We we know we but, know you have the within you, but but you have a lawyer like right here, not me. Over there, so like anything okay, yeah, would yeah. really to happen. She's a, she's a damn good lawyer too. Yeah, you, you. you know, you, you know, she can argue for days. Like I, I don't you. know if you be listening to this podcast, but sometimes I just be like, I'm done. I'm not even gonna argue <laughs> with you. Like, like yeah. I'm not gonna win. You know? I right, got you, Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I would say follow your gut. Um, and do it right away. Like I know you'll have. Um, your support system or whoever's close to you be like don't don't do it give it a second chance but for sure follow your gut Um, because whoever is supporting you will support you with whatever decision you make Um, right 
if they don't, then that's a sign. You gotta, you know, diss them. But cut them um, out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, I guess I just want to take this opportunity to validate your experience because um, Yasmin mentioned something and she said uh, that a lot of times institutions will do anything to twist the words of black women and like make it into aggression. And I just want to say that this is your experience. This has been your experience and nobody, including us, has the the the, the ability to invalidate that. And so I just want to make sure that you know, and that as your lawyer, apparently, and as your friend, and as somebody who supports you as a fan, I'm, I will say, like, this is your experience. And I'm a ride for this, because this, this has been a really, I love, like, I just thank you for, for coming on here and being willing to share that with us. Thank you guys, again, for having me, like, I think this is also a form of therapy talking about it but yeah we love love talking we love it we love it yeah we love group therapy just now you know once you're on this once you're on this podcast you're like on it forever right we're just gonna we're just gonna call you back and call you back it's true that i'm so looking forward to that and we we will have to call you back to figure out where the story goes yeah we oh for sure yes part two part two of uh nicole parks where will she be going we could do we could do a little reveal on popping the bubble if you want yeah live (laughs) just just the shirt the yeah let us know we'll we'll talk to our marketing team and we'll we'll check those yeah yeah for sure for sure the marketing team gotta check in with ourselves yeah (laughs) yeah yeah popping the bubble thank you for listening we told y'all we was back better than ever we got the nicole parks up in here like it does not yeah. get back <laughs> um and yeah stay tuned follow our social media to keep updated on our episodes i'm tolly i'm carla i'm nicole and that's, and that's on popping the bubble, popping the bubble. <laughs>